there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one literary page of Talmud every day. And today's pages, Sota 18 and 19, are a delight. Not, mind you, at first sight. If you take a casual look, you'll see that they're all about the intricate mechanics of the Sota ceremony, which you may recall involve writing an oath on a piece of parchment in order to then erase the letters in water mixed with dust from the tabernacle, a foul concoction that the accused adulterous woman must then chug to prove her innocence. Ay, You know, to us moderns, this entire ceremony may seem really kind of off-putting. A relic from a different era, less mindful of our species' eternal pursuit for equality than our own time. But read the words of today's page carefully, and you will see something much more delicate and profound and, dare I say, even beautiful. You will see a meditation on the sacred art of reading itself. Don't believe me? Have a listen. Rava, the Talmud tells us, raised a dilemma. If one wrote two scrolls for two separate sota women, but then erased both of the scrolls in one cup, what is the halakha? Do we require that only the writing be performed for the sake of a specific woman, in which case that is accomplished here? Or perhaps we require that also the erasure be performed for the sake of a specific woman, which is not accomplished here since both scrolls are erased together. So, asks the great Rava, what happens if two women are undergoing the sota ceremony at the same time? Must each woman receive her own scroll, and must each scroll be erased specifically and particularly for the sake of each woman separately? Now, this may sound like a really kind of almost silly question, but think about it. If you're a priest and your job description includes administering this ritual every now and then, wouldn't you just want to have a stack of scrolls all written up and ready to go in your drawer? That way, whenever someone comes in for a sota ceremony, all you have to do is pull out the correct parchment. And the ceremony is on its way. But in today's page, the Talmud teaches us that this is strictly forbidden. The halakha on this is clear. Each woman must have a scroll written and then erased only specifically for her. That's because the scroll isn't a W9 form, say. It doesn't just contain information. It contains an evocation. It believes that words alone have the metaphysical power to stir the soul and determine innocence or guilt. It believes, in other words, that the act of reading itself is magic. One of the greatest Rebbe's in history, and my favorite author of all time, Marcel Proust, believed the same thing. Reading, he wrote, unlike conversation, consists for each of us in receiving the communication of another thought while remaining alone. Or, in other words, while continuing to bring into play the mental powers we have in solitude and which conversation immediately puts to flight, while remaining open to inspiration, the soul still hard at its fruitful labors upon itself. And when we read, Proust observed, something happens that the priests with their carefully written scrolls would have easily understood. What happens is that we create a real dialogue, a melding together of souls, impossible via any other means. Here's Marcel Proust again. This is one of the great and wondrous characteristics of beautiful books, he wrote, and one which enables us to understand the simultaneously essential and limited role that reading can play in our spiritual life, that for the author they may be called conclusions, but for the reader, provocations. 
We can feel that our wisdom begins where the author's ends. And we want him to give us answers when all he could do is give us desires. He awakens these desires in us only when he gets us to contemplate the supreme beauty which he cannot reach except through the utmost efforts of his art. The end of a book's wisdom appears to us as merely the start of our own, so that at the moment when the book has told us everything it can, it gives rise to the feeling that it has told us nothing. Wow. So maybe, just maybe, the Sotas ceremony deserves a second look, especially as we no longer live in this world of priests and the tabernacle and bitter waters. Maybe what we ought to take away from this staple of antiquity is the reminder as prevalent today as it ever was, that talking things through can only get us so far. That sometimes we need to write and read and get our soul to that transcendental place where it breaks free of its own anxieties and burdens and feels free instead to plug into something grander and more universal. Here's hoping we all have a great book waiting on our nightstand right now, eager to help us all do just that. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Risquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash takeone newsletter, or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Thank you.